Hi, everyone. I'm James Proton. I'd like to give a special thank you to our sponsors for the podcast, Candelor's Barking Beauties with five locations throughout the region and His Place Coffee Community and more here in Manesson for hosting us. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to be back here in Manesson after a, a couple of weeks on the road. Uh, joining me today in the, in the co-hosting chair, as always, is, is my man, Jack Cadwaller. And our guest today, um, it, our honored guest today, is retired Marine Brigadier General David Paypack. David, thank you for joining us. It's, uh, it's great to have you here. You're welcome. Glad to be here. And uh, Mr. Jack, do you want to explain to our, our viewers, all, all 10 of them, exactly how you, uh, well, we, we came upon General Paypack? Well, uh, we were getting new neighbors, and from what I understood, they were retired. So I thought to myself, well, I hope our activity or anything that we might be doing doesn't, uh, you know, we don't become pests to these uh, older retired folk. <laughs> and I looked down in the backyard and there is a guy twice my size uh, cutting a tree down, carrying one in one arm and carrying a cow in the other arm. And I said to Bunny, I don't think we have your average retired. Retiree. And I knew his father. His father was cut from a different cloth. And so is this man right here. Very impressive resume. David, thank you so much. You're welcome, for coming Jack. Coming in with us today. It's good to good to sit and talk with you. No, you know, we, we we see each other in the yard, passing and waving, but yeah. we never really sit and talk. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's, it's a small community, like you said. Yeah. Last night we ran into each other, yeah, in, you know, exactly. at the uh, at the Valley Inn Sportsman's. Uh, you know, you um, you Mon Valley Catholic grad, yeah. right? And um, growing up uh, Catholic in in the Mon Valley, I can relate to that. I did that myself, and although I went to Shawry High School, but um. You were, my understanding, and this could be just a, you know, could be one of those Mon Valley stories, but my understanding is that you were recruited to, uh, to Annapolis by Roger Staubach. He was involved in your recruitment? Well, Roger's kind of involved in a lot of people's recruitment. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. The there's no doubt. You know, of, of the alum, Roger is just a phenomenal uh, proponent for the academy. Oh, yeah. As, of course, yeah. He, as he should be. But no, I met one on my recruiting trip. Okay. It just so happened that he was visiting that weekend Navy oh, okay. in Annapolis. Okay. Because uh, he had just, um, he was still with the Cowboys then. This is 1970, 71. Okay. And so I met him there. He was attending a function or whatever. But the guy that actually recruited me was a guy named Joe Bugle. Sure. And Bugle okay. has been in the NFL for many years. Yes. But he was know from Lundhall. Right. And um, so he's the guy that kind of came. And that was a very unpopular time. Certainly in 1969 Absolutely. and 70, because uh, the Vietnam War mm -hmm. is, is winding down, but it's still pretty hot and heavy. But anyway, all that to say, it was Joe Bugle who actually was the coach of recruitment. But, but Roger, over the years, um, you know, he, he's, he knows many, lots of people, and, and I go back there on a regular basis, and you see him all the time. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a huge uh, supporter, and, and I'm very impressed with the service academies. I put the service academies at an equal, if not above, the Ivy League schools because I think that the commitment is uh, is so much greater beyond that. The academics speak for themselves, right. but it's a commitment, right? I mean, it's it is, and and I, I tell people, and I work with people. In fact, we have a Ringgold student now who just mm -hmm. Ethan Gamble who just finished his freshman year there, okay. 
And we have a young lady who's, who just graduated from Ringgold the other night, Kira Gerard, who's going to West Point. Oh, okay. And uh, so we've, we've got people there, and I work with a lot of people over the course of moving from Annapolis and around my military time, or my Marine Corps time, the, of kids that wanted to go to the academy. But I always tell them, you know, if you want to be an engineer, God bless you, go to Carnegie Mellon. You'll get a good edu edu engineering education yep. and so on. But if you want to be a leader, and this school, West Point Air Force, and I say that generically speaking, but, mm -hmm. but we train leaders. Right. That's what it's about. Right. Okay, now you may not want to have the aspiration of serving, I served 33 years in the Marine Corps. May, that may not be your, your mm -hmm. goal or your dream. Sure. But if you don't want and understand the idea of wanting to lead, develop your own leadership skills, right then this is not necessarily the place to go to school. Now, there are people that go to school there for a lot of reasons. I just wanted to play against Notre Dame. I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, when I was, when I was being taught, you know, I, my sister was a flight attendant, an airline stewardess for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I can remember going to the Pittsburgh airport and she would, I would come out and I would sit in the pilot's seat because the pilot was a friend or whatever. And I'd sit there and be kind of playing with the, with the yoke of the, of the airliner. Sure, These sure. old prop airplanes at the Greater Pittsburgh Airport. Yeah. So the idea of flying was always in my mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a place that I could go get a, and my dad was a steel worker. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I knew I was gonna have to go to school on, some, on, on sports, right? you know, that type of thing. And I thought, well, maybe this is a good way to, to get an education that doesn't cost anything monetarily. I can play Division One football, right? And I can fly in the Navy. Okay. And I thought, okay, but this is a military school, right? And this is a different world. This is not like going to Pitt or West Virginia or, or back then California State or whatever exactly. it was called that back then. But this is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But over the course of looking back now, I mean, it, it, it's it's who I am today. You know, those four years there. Yep. And I went to a year of prep school, and we send a lot of our athletes to, to the prep sure, schools. Sure, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's who I am today. And so I, I owe everything um, to those four years of foundational training. But it's, it's, it's all about leading. That's, right. You know, when I talk to young people, and, and if, they, if they don't bring up in a conversation about serving and wanting to lead. Now, leading could be leading your plumbing company. It could be right. leading your football team at the local high school, but exactly somewhere right. where you are influencing other people. Now, as a 17, 18 year old, that's, that, that's a pretty tall order to right. have that conversation with a 17 year old about, well, what are your leadership skills? What are your, you know, your characteristics that you feel are your strengths? A lot of kids that age lead and don't realize they're doing it. They don't, right. absolutely. They, they, they tend to do it more by example. They, they don't realize they don't have a clue. Some are born, some are yeah. just born. And every now and then you'll see a, a captain or the head of the National Honor Society or whatever that really sticks out and kind of, you know. And, but, but the idea though is, is that if that's not in your thinking, then no, right. go, go to Cal U or, or Pitt or someplace. You know, locally well, I, speaking. I, I get it. I've been but, in the but, engineering yeah. business for a long time. Well, and, you know and, that. And we're blessed with, again, CMU, Pitt, West Virginia, yeah. Penn State. So we're blessed with great engineering schools. And that's, that's definitely not what the service academies are. No, for, no. Right? And, 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 and the idea of serving, and a lot of times, too, kids 17, 18 years old don't quite understand. And we've all raised kids, teenagers, you know, where the world is all about them. 
Right. And, and right. good, bad, right, wrong, don't disrespect, but that's just the way it is, that maturing process. So you have an individual who now you're trying to talk to about being part of something mm -hmm. that's bigger than they are. Right. And there are only a certain handful of kids that, at age that understands that. Oh, yeah, you're you know, absolutely right. And now we kind of understand it. We try and teach that through sports. You're part of the team. Yes. You're not just the point guard or the pitcher. You're That's part of this exactly team. That's exactly right. So that whole thing has to kind of... Now, do you find it from your era to this generation, do you find, is there a drastic change in the type of kids that you're getting and the type of attitudes that you're getting as far as, you know... Where well, you almost want to throw your hands up and say, you're giving me nothing to work with, you know? Well, it's, you know, I have, I have, I'll have my ninth grandchild in July. We have eight grandchildren now, and the, and the ninth is coming in July the 25th, in fact. But um, th that's a hard question. We could sit here f for weeks and talk about Absolutely. this era of athlete versus, you right. know, I'm kind of removed almost two generations now. You know, I've, yeah, I've exactly got kids right. that are in their mid-40s. Yep, uh, you me know, as well. And I've got teenagers that are 20. Right. So, but the idea and being around young people, being around Navy football, like I still am, I, I, I'm, I'm very involved down there now, even still living up here. Um, the Sarah kid that graduated there a few years ago. Bernie Sarah was like, from was like a Medicine sesame. Kid. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's dad's he, he lived in my house when, it, when he wasn't at the academy type thing. So Tremendous young man. Very close to Bernie. But the whole idea, to answer your question, Jack, the whole idea, I think, is um, the distractions are over the top mm -hmm. with young people now. 100%. Okay. So Nothing like we were there. I was a few years no. behind you. I was a 77 grad from Charlotte. Yeah. Right? You were yeah. 71. 71, yeah. So, you know, that era of the 70s, and then you came along a few years, about 10 years after that, you know. But the, the, we'll, we'll skip over him. Because <laughs> that's a really bad <laughs> That's uh, a soft uh, generation. But the idea, though, is, is that, um, and we mentioned Coach Ravaggio, Joe Ravaggio, mm -hmm. I mean. Sure. And I'm not going to get into the point because I used to hate when my dad, Depression era, World War II guy, would say when right. I was a kid, when, right. you know, when I was in high school. And I don't want to say Back in the day, he's always ba been. Back in the day. And we, have, we talk about that, you know, at our, our Navy, you know, when, when I get with, you know, with my Navy teammates, you know, about right. whether it's the schedule, whether it's the equipment, whether it's the offense, whether it's whatever it is, it, there's a difference. But I sure. think that the mentality of young people today, if you can, if you can channel some of this stuff, I mean, you have more... Um, advanced technology and equipment and nutrition and all the things that you have. Right. I mean, I first went to Navy. We didn't even have a weight room. In yeah. 1970, 71, you the only guy, the only guys that lifted weights was the shot putter and the <laughs> discus right? guy. You know, weightlifting didn't really come in until Randy White at Maryland. True story. Yes. Kind of, he was the big yeah. guy that could bench whatever, 300, 350. Right. And that was so, and then strength coaches. We never had a strength coach until I, right. went, I went back to Navy and coached in the 80s as a Marine. Then they started to go to the Redskins and find, hey, we need sure. to start taking a look at what these kids are eating and what All they're sudden, doing. All attention it, to those because things. Because the injuries, yeah. you, you know, if you got a knee back then, you're gone. You're gone. Right. Okay, now look, 
I mean, you could. You, oh, yeah. and, They're going on off in college and still having a yeah. long pro career. So they have so many more advances now. So I think, you know, the speed, the strength, the agility, all these things that you watch the combines on TV right. or you watch, you know, young development players in, in your sure. hockey and different things. It's, it, it's, it's different. You know, it's like who's the best quarterback, Roger Staubach or, Absolutely. you know, Tom Brady or whatever. Well, and, 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 yeah, it's never, it's never easy to compare it, eras. It's never easy right? to compare you know, eras. It, I mean, think about, think about a guy like, um, like for example, Benong Yelligan, Fred Cox, right? Sure. When you think about what Fred Cox accomplished yep. okay he was a running back he was yeah i didn't believe he was all state he was an all-american at pit i believe he yeah. was cox wound cunningham up, and the three c's i forget yeah, the third one. yeah you're exactly right yeah wound up being when he retired from the vikings the leading scorer in nfl history as a kicker right and but he became a kicker because that was the only way he had a chance to get in the league yeah right so yeah. those those kind of guys i mean you know who's a better hitter stan musual or, yeah. or mike trout right you know how do you how do you judge? So it's it's but but I I I think it's it's twice as not twice but it's it's a lot harder to coach and to get these kids focused to reach them, to reach them okay yeah. and to stay focused because now as, as we all know good bad right or wrong it's a twelve month you don't have oh, multiple I mean we all yeah. played football basketball and baseball it's exactly for right. ten years exactly type thing right. now you. You go and you, you, you it's, it's one it's almost, sport. You almost have to specialize. Kenny you have to had, specialize. Kenny had the Tommy John surgery last year. Right. And right. The, and Dr. Bradley told us, is this kid take any time off from hockey? And yeah. No. Said, no. And they you're, said, you're exactly right. it wasn't the, it wasn't the, yeah. you know, the only, the, the hit wasn't the only contributing factor to this surgery. His, his ligament was just worn out. Yeah. Worn. yeah. Just, just worn out. No, it's, it's year round, whether it's, you know, my, my, I have one granddaughter who's a girls lacrosse player. They just won the state championship in Maryland, which is a big deal in lacrosse wow, yeah. in Maryland. Lacrosse is big but, in Maryland. Uh, yep. My daughter's like, Dad, does this ever end? You know, because I'm, I'm trying to fund a little bit of it too. And yeah. it, it's year-round, these, these programs. And you know the cost of these year-round sports and stuff. Uh, but anyway, have, so it's, it's, a different, it's a different so world. I get it. Yeah, oh, it's so a, you know that. You it's, know it's, that. it's a tough thing, and you're chasing them all yeah. around. And it is different. And, and again, th this, this, this thing, the Internet, right? We didn't have anything like that. No. So, you know, kids have access to so much information. And yeah. it's, it really contributes to the already difficult job of yeah. being a teenager. Right, it's 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 interesting. Right. I want to talk a little bit about. And, and by the way, you uh, you flew helicopters, right? Not right. jets. Right, okay. helicopters. Yeah. So th yeah, that's 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 fascinating. So oh, helicopters are amazing. Yeah. And they just yeah, totally that's a whole amazing. other story. That's that's a whole other story <laughs> altogether. We'll get we'll circle back to that. Yeah. But I want to talk about the uh, the foundation, the Travis Mannion Foundation. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that because that's a that's a big deal for me being a, a, a military parent now. Um, you know, you don't, you never thought about those things. That's where this, I, I got these from right. uh, boot campaign. I saw, yeah. I saw a yeah. thing online. I thought, oh, that's really cool. You can support the milk, you know, blah, blah. So I, I need, I need boots anyway. Right. right. So, and I wear them all the time simply because that's a way, a small way sure. of just showing support. Support. Right. So give us a little bit of background, not only about the foundation, but how you came to be involved. With it. Well, Travis Manuel was a young Marine, uh, who was killed in Iraq in 2007, April 29th, 2007. And his mom and dad, his dad and I kind of grew up in the Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, he wasn't in aviation, but I, we met each other in sports. He was a big Eagles fan and Steelers. And, and I forget, I think we were both stationed in D.C. at the time. And our wives hit it off. Well, he had, he was a big lacrosse player. Tom okay. was, Colonel Mannion. 
and he had two kids, uh, and they were both high school college athletes, a daughter okay. and, and Travis. Travis was a wrestler. He went to LaSalle Catholic High School in Philadelphia. Okay. Sure. LaSalle College Catholic High School. And um, so he was a lacrosse player and a wrestler, comes to Navy, wrestles, all-east wrestler, and he goes into the Marine Corps. And he's a logistician in the Marine Corps, and he's with the Reconnaissance Battalion in Iraq. Okay. And this is in 2005. He goes and has completes one deployment, comes back home for a year, goes back for a second deployment. Now he's one of these trainers for the Iraqis. He's got half of a Marine group with him and half of an Iraqi group with him okay. that they're, they're both working together. And he leads a patrol and they get lured into a building by a young kid, nine, 10 years old. Oh, geez. And, and now they come out of the building and they're ambushed on three sides. Travis, um, the sappy plates that we wear, these armored plating, um, covers everything but under your arm. Mm -hmm. And, and our, certainly the snipers know that. They know that, right. And, and he got shot right under the arm and, and was killed. As he was pulling back, a Marine, or I mean a Navy corpsman and an Iraqi soldier. And he was awarded the Silver Star, which is the third highest. Mm -hmm. right. um, you have the Medal of Honor, then the Service Cross, and then the right. Silver Star. And, and then his parents, um, as, as we all have in the military, we have this Servicemen's Group Life Insurance, SGLI. Your son okay. has it, everybody has sure. it. Yeah. And the family said, well, what, what do we want to do with this, with this money? So the mother, Janet Mannion, who has since passed with cancer, but she is just the shaker and mover in this whole area that they live in, in Doylestown, Bucks County. Mm -hmm. Sure. And they start this foundation of how can they take the ideals and the, and, the, and the virtues that Travis had shown as a young right. man, and how can they help other veterans transitioning from the military to the civilian world? How can they be there for Gold Star family members? Mm -hmm. How can they, on one of the things that Travis, the, in between his deployments, he visited um, Rescue Squad One at Ground Zero, and he comes back, oh, okay. he, he spends a whole day up there in New York, and he comes back and he tells his dad, he gives his dad a baseball hat and he says, Dad, I don't want you to ever forget everybody's patting the military on the back. Rightly so. But don't ever forget these first responders. Yep. Again, he just spent the day. This is in 2006. And so he comes back. So that whole thing kind of was the beginning of the thought of, of, saying, of having this 9-11 heroes run. So mm -hmm. from Seattle to Key West, ships, bases all over the world now, on around 9-11, and I was, my wife and I were the race directors in Annapolis, and it was a run around the stadium. Okay. We have hundreds of these runs all over the country honoring first responders. So just envision, okay. here in Maness and Shaw or wherever, on around 9-11, we bring out the, the, the EMT people, the firefighters, a few of the cops, we bring out retired people, military people, and it's, it's not about the run, it's just a 5K run. Right, right. But it's a way for that day for the community to thank first responders. Right. Recognize, you have the fire chief on the back of the truck starting the run. We have vendors. It's an afternoon thing. It's just That's a great- That's great, and Mrs. Manning started this. They, we started the whole foundation, but the 9-11 Heroes run, the first one was run by Tom's brother um, in Doylestown. The second year, Janet Mannion comes to me. We're living in Annapolis now. And she says, uh, 
I want you to do one in, 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 in the camera. I said, Jen, you're nuts. I'm, I'm, not, run, I'm not running or directing some runner. I, I'm just a plodding 10K kind of guy. <laughs> Two knee replacements, you know, that whole thing. Because we run a, a, a marathon when Travis was killed. We did a marathon in his honor. Now the okay. Travis Mannion team foundation are the largest contingent of runners in the Marine Corps Marathon. Wow. wow. About the last four or five years, we, there's more people. But anyway, all that to say... We started this run to honor first responders. Okay. So that's one of the legs of the stool every year. But this Character Does Matter program is around the leaders of tomorrow. Just think of that. Kenny, he's the leader of tomorrow. Absolutely. Forget about hockey for a second, but just as he moves on into Absolutely. his adulthood, what is he going to do? You know, sports has taught him something. Academics has taught him something if he excelled or whatever. So now our focus is because we just don't think, and it's, nobody's going to, I don't think, dispute it, the fact that the youth of today are thirsting for direction oh, around 100%. this kind of topic. They're, you know, whether it's single-family homes, fatherless homes, I don't care what it is, you don't have the conversation around integrity, moral courage, service, leadership, understanding what your strengths are and your weaknesses as a 17, 18 year old kid, right. young person. So we go in, we're not trying, I tell people all the time, we're not trying to solve world hunger. This is not the quick fix pill for our youth. But if I can go in to a high school or a football team, or a baseball team, or the church youth group, or the scouting group down the street, and I can just impact one or two kids. One or two. And I can flip the switch on that's one or two kids. Yeah. That's what it's all That's all, all about. I want to do. And I could tell you stories that, that would just give you chills mm -hmm. about the impact that this program has had in hundreds of thousands of young people across the country. It's amazing. So what we do is we go and, and, and we present with anecdotal stories about kids demonstrating in their everyday life integrity. Not okay. physical courage. Physical courage is easy. Go jump right. off the high dive, get it's enough a, guts to go totally jump off the high thing. dive. Totally Moral different courage is different. Ethics. You yes. know, I tell kids all the time, your challenges are not going to be from a hockey standpoint or learning a calculus formula. You'll figure that out. You'll figure out how to get through Cal U or Pitt or, or, or to make the team. But your biggest challenges, like all of us have, are the moral and ethical choices that we have to make. And as a 15-year-old, you're making difficult choices every day by, by this. You're exactly right. And so what are you thinking about? So that type of conversation, and these are stories. It isn't death by PowerPoint. These are stories of young 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds that are doing service, not just picking up the trash on the street, but I mean real semester-long service projects, dedicating them. And what we do is we, our, our five words that we have are, if not me, then who? Think about that. Perfect. And Perfect. Paul, Paul Brand came up to me at the, a good friend of mine. At the um, baseball movie at Ringgold the other night, last week. Okay. And we did this prayer breakfast, and my talk was on, if not me, then who, to the Ringgold seniors that attended. And he says, you know what, Dave? He says, I can't stop thinking about those five words. That's awesome. And he says, I want my force. And so the other day at the cemetery, 
I took my, in fact, I took it off and I usually have it on here. It's a wristband that says, if not me, then who? I gave it to him. I says, I'll have the rest of them for your force. So those five words are five words that, that Travis, the story real quick about those is he and his brother-in-law go to an Eagles game in between his deployments. His brother-in-law is named Dave. They're coming out of the Eagles game. And Dave says, hey, Trav, if I kind of push you, you sprained an ankle, you wouldn't have to go back to Iraq, which, and, and Travis kind of, Travis was a little, a little bit of a jokester, but Travis kind of wheeled around on him and said, are you nuts? If I don't go, mm-hmm. somebody less trained is going to have to go. So if I don't go, who's going to go? If, if not me, then who? If not me, then who? Right. So Dave comes home and tells Travis's sister, Ryan, who runs the foundation now. I said, man, I can't believe what Travis did. What he said to me about how serious he got about how he feels about going back. Right. And he was killed on that deployment. So those five oh, words are, yeah. the, are the foundational DNA. And I just came right. back from two days of a leadership summit in Philadelphia around the foundation. Okay. And you can't believe the young people that now the foundation is over 140 people, full-time staff, plus wow. volunteers. That's impressive. And, and very impressive. But these are young people. And this is a national, has a national, national scope thing. Now. And you know now you can, you can major... In, in running nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Right. You can go to a college, a university, mm-hmm. and get a degree in nonprofit management. Right. Yes. The 501c3 world. Yep. Well, this foundation is just loaded with people like, I'm not into making my next first million. I just want to help people. Right. It's incredible. So that hope, if not me, then who? And then what else we do is we, we kind of say we challenge the living by honoring the fallen. So we'll take, when I do a presentation, I'll look in this area and I'll find who was killed in combat, a first responder or a Marine or a Navy SEAL. And when I first came back here, it was right when there was a cop killed um, over near Cannonsburg. His name was Bastion. Yes. Scott Bastion. Scott Bastion. Yep. So he's my first responder that's up there. And then I got involved with the Homeless Veterans Center in Washington, downtown Washington. And it's called the Kovacicek. That's a long Polish name. Yeah. But this center was built, and we got involved with dedicating it. And the woman who's the receptionist there, her son was killed as a Marine. So I have his picture up there. Okay. So if I go to Latrobe, which I did, Ligonier and Latrobe High Schools, I'll just Google, and, and it's up online. You can yeah, find out anybody. Sure. So we challenge the kids, the young people, to go find out who Jamie Proton is. So go, go find, find out, out yeah. where he went to school. What were his interests? Did he play ball? Who was he? What, who yeah. was he? And, yeah. and, and then if you're going to do a project, if you're going to do some service-oriented work, do it in his honor. Right. And, and you... The, the stories are eye-watering across this country. Mm-hmm. Young people, young students, young athletes that are doing things in honor of a fallen. Sure. And it could be a firefighter that walked into that building that never walked out, or it could be a Navy SEAL at the right. tip of the spear. That's exactly So right. this foundation does those things. So these leadership character does matter talks. In fact, I'm going out on Monday to... Um, Messiah College. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have heard of it. It's in in, um, Mechanicsburg. Mm -hmm. Well, the state police, Larry Maggi's a a good friend, Marine. Sure. Good guy. And and they run a state police runs, uh, in addition with the American Legion, a camp. If you too want to be a a cop, 
the state police, or maybe even go into the military, they recruit kids to go to this four-day, they'll come in on Sunday night, and they'll leave, I think, on Thursday. Okay. So I've been doing this for a couple of years. They didn't have it during COVID, but there'll probably be 100, maybe 100 and a half kids across the state of Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania wow. State Police funds this. And Impressive. I do this program out there. So I'll okay. go out there and do that on Monday. But I, I, this, is, this is where I think that we have to put our effort are in young people. It's I, just me. No, no, in, I, I know, agree. And, I, and, I, I can't agree with you more, as a matter of fact. I think that uh, when, you, when you think about the future, right, it's not yeah. in us. You no. know, we're, we're relatively, you know, we're, we're come right after each other. But, yeah. you know. My, my man Nick's 19 years old, Yeah, right? He's going to yeah. be 20. Yeah. This is the future we're talking about. That's exactly right. And, right. And, and even younger than him with our grandkids, for example, and his son. You know, I watch his son in hockey. My, my grandsons play hockey. And just to watch the way he carries himself, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, but he, we were, we were walking into the tournament a couple of weeks ago. I told right. him, he, he walked in with me. And uh, I said, hey, dude, how you doing? And he said, oh. He said, I'm, you know, tired of this and that. And I said, yeah. I said, you're going to be able to do this. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but, right. And he's like walking like this, right. like us, like a 70 right. year old man. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm, you know. yeah. So, but, but that's, and as my thing is, you know, and I coached high school sports, I coached high school yeah. basketball at Belvoir and at Shawroy, and, you know, being around young people. And, and when I started, a lot of those guys are in their early 40s now, right? Right, right. So, but kids are kids at yeah. their core. Right. Yeah. Teenagers are teenagers, just yeah. like we were, right. you know, they get the same, the same things are going on. They have more access. And I think that's the biggest difference in my mind is the access, yeah. you know, and you wonder sometimes yeah. what would we have done with this? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, no, I mean, gotten into no. a lot of trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's, I think the kids are kids and I think that we owe it to ourselves as, you know, I've been in the engineering business for 40 years. I'm not an engineer by education but I've been in the industry for 40 years, okay? So my biggest thing is, at this point in my career, is doing it right. It's mentoring, yeah. it's giving back right. to, to young people, and, and that sounds like that's, that's where you are. And I, I love this foundation. Um, you gave us a thing here with Warriors Rock, which is gonna be down at the Aquatorium in Maui Hill, July yeah. 3rd, contract, con a concert. Tell us a little bit about that. Now this, let's flip the gears here, the flip the switch here, now we're to veterans. Okay. Okay. So that this is not the Manion Foundation. This is, has nothing to do okay. with the Manion Foundation. A few years back, I met some people. They gave me a call and said, "Would like to interview you for a, a an event called Warriors Rock." And um, they came to the Monongahela 250th anniversary. Mm -hmm. They played. Gary Rakin is a name. He grew up in Republic, PA. He phenomenal singer he's like 70 years old and he has a i think my wife said a six or seven octave range wow. voice wow it's 70 years old when this guy sings like frankie valley it's the real deal no it's phenomenal kidding. well we saw them at the two at the just 250th it's like wow it's like 17 piece band brass you name it it's on the stage i remember them sure and I was um well they do this program where they want to honor veterans and I have, and I added down at the bottom of this, what, what I'm trying to do, you know, when I say connect veterans to the communities, a lot of people aren't aware that less than 1% of our population, and it's been like this for the last 10 or 15 years, less than 1% serve. Mm -hmm. So you think about that, less than, I forget what the actual percentage is, but are out protecting us. Now, right. 
our military is abroad. Your son, yeah. that's his responsibility. Right. So the bad guys don't come in the door. Right, right. First responders are right down the street here they're in Manesson. Yes. Okay, they're walking into the burning building. They're taking the fire mm -hmm. down the street at a robbery. Or they're trying to, when you call 911, they're sure. coming to your house. So I really speak with first responders in the same light as I do veterans. Mm -hmm. They all made a choice. I, I can see that. To serve. You don't, you don't draw a line. I don't draw There's a line. There's no line. There. Okay. Just because, you know, somebody says, I want to be a state cop or a county cop or a local police right. cop or a lo local city cop. But this event will interview They'll have a production team that'll come to your house and interview you. Let's just say that Jack was in the Army and he spent an enlistment in the Army four or five years. He did his time in Germany. He comes back and he goes to Cal U and he moves on with his life. The Army was a positive part of his life. He's got a little bit of a story to tell. So they'll interview, they'll, they'll ask five or six questions and, and they'll just kind of get a little bit of idea of why did you choose to serve? Right. What did you do? Where? And then they'll also ask, is there any music, any songs that when you hear remind you or when you were deployed to Germany and you were in the military, if you heard a song? And we all have this. I can, and, and now I'm, I am going to date myself, and Jamie, you're right there probably <laughs> with me. I can remember when I hear certain songs, like from the 60s, mm -hmm. I can remember Red's Beach Dance. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I can You're remember exactly going on Monday right. nights to Red's Beach Dance. You're exactly and I can remember right. back in the, in the late 60s, the place to be on the weekends was a Mon Valley Catholic dance. They were the school that had the dance in the valley. The dance. The, the dance in dance. the valley. The I mean, dance. we would have kids from all the high schools, and there was a song there that they played at the very end. And, and my wife today was my high school girlfriend, and uh, it was called High on a Hill. I know. And when they ended the dance, because Mon Valley sat up on a hill, mm -hmm. it was this slow dance. And to this day, when I hear that song, and you only hear it kind of around Pennsylvania. I never heard it yeah. in yeah, San Diego. Sure. But, um, well, Gary Rakin and, and, and his band, when they interviewed me, they played that song. No kidding. Or it could be a Vietnam-era guy. And he's just, right. whenever he hears a Rolling Stone song, that type of thing, he thinks yeah. about being in the bush in Vietnam. Yeah. So this group, this event, just pictures seven or eight veterans sprinkled throughout two, two and a half hours of music. And the music is phenomenal. What a great idea. I mean, the songs, the patriotic songs, the service songs, the songs with the veterans that, you know, kind of identify with. And, and that's going to be on the 3rd of July. Now, we're okay. sandwiched in between the Aquatorium, our regular Rockin' on the Mon concert, mm -hmm. which is a local band, Six Gun Sally, and you know, right. Dave Barr. Good Big guys, Man, yep, And all band. these guys. Just saw yep. Dave the other day. At, Dave's at, the best. At, at a restaurant, and I grew up with their keyboard player, Danny Rock. <laughs> and I haven't seen him since Transfiguration <laughs> School. But anyway, all that to say, um, we're sandwiched in between that group playing on Friday night for the Rockin' on the Mon concert. Right. And then Sunday is the normal 4th of July fireworks, fireworks. and I think they have a, a, a band then. But we're that Sunday night from 7 to 9, 9.30, and we're out trying okay. to fundraise now because the, the, the music is, is pro bono. The, the, the musicians, mm -hmm. they do this for the veterans.
Oh, okay. And, and uh, but what has to what has to happen is we have to fund the production cost. Okay. So we're out. I'm out running around. In fact, on my way from here, um, I'm going to talk to Senator Barlotta and, and going to try. She's and, done the show. And try and have her involved. I know her son maybe be a potential person to interview because he Absolutely. was he's a Marine. I don't want to say was is. Um, so all this, I'm, I'm I'm just going around to people that are kind of and everybody you want to want to say is veteran friendly. Sure. Any, anybody listening, David, how if they wanted to make a contribution to this? If they want to make a contribution, probably the easiest way is to is to get a hold of you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because the, here's the 501c3, the Warriors Rock in Greensburg, the tax number. But but I'm I'm running around to to all the businesses, the banks, the, the Walmarts of the world. And, and we have to come up with a, we, we have a we have a target. Um, it's in the twenty to twenty five thousand dollar range for the production. You see the production here with all is this there, equipment. Is there, cost. is there information on the WarriorsRock.org? On the Warriors Rock, you could go YouTube. If you YouTubed Warriors Rock, and if you scroll down and you went like to Connellsville, mm -hmm. you could find the one where I was. Okay. And there's a World War II veteran lived up in Green Ridge Drive, Bob Yoan. He's yeah. since passed. He was with the Eighth Army Battle of the Bulge. He was a ball wow. toward gunner on a B-17. Wow. He was interviewed wow. with me. Wow. And, and so all this is all part of that. YouTube it. You can Google Warriors Rock. And they okay. just did one on the Midway. Um, the USS Midway is a carrier in San Diego. Right. It's a museum there tied up at the pier. They just did one there in the fall. And they're coming here. They want to do one. They love the Aquatorium. It's a they great were, They were kind of exposed to it at the 250th. So that's the effort now, the 30 days, is to get out. Don't need, you know, a lot, but I'll, we're, we're, we're appreciative of every $100 check. Or, sure. Or, and then there's some presenting sponsors that we're looking for, for to be kind of, the, you the know, bigger the, picture. the bigger picture okay. from well, support. The www.warriorsrock.org, um, or you can reach out to General Paypack and also Laura Magone. Laura Magone is... Uh, yeah. Very, very involved on social media. You can reach out to her on Facebook or in, in other platforms. And um, so, and, and you can see her around Monongahela with the Historical Society and so on and so forth. So, Laura is very accessible. Yeah, Laura has been a, we're all on the same team. But one of the two, two points I want to quickly make is one, this is not just a Monongahela event. Yes. This is a, yeah. well, it's a Midmont Valley. Uh, you know, right. so I'm, we were up at the Shalori Legion last night. Okay. You know, I'm talking to Larry Maggi from Washington and everywhere in between. You know, the okay. legions, the, the, the people where they're a veteran. Sure. So I want to include that. And then the proceeds, half the proceeds, will go to a veteran service organization. Now, I've just become really somewhat familiar with these posters that are on the, bull, on the um, telephone oh, the banners, poles. Yeah. The banners, banners. Sure. Well... I'm finding out that those have to be maintained. Yes, they have, right. and there's a cost to that. Right. And say in Monongahela, Don DeVore is responsible mm -hmm. for a lot of the maintenance of those things, and that fund is almost fully depleted. So okay. we're going to talk about maybe the proceeds that we're going to go to a veteran service organization. Maybe they go to each of our communities to help right. support that banner program. And I, and all the communities struggle with it because yeah. you know, every community in the valley has budgetary constraints. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, it's tough. Our, our tax base has dwindled. Uh, you know, it's nowhere near what it was when you and I were kids right. growing up. Right. But at, at the end of the day, that that 
program, that banner program, was so popular and so well received. Yeah. And it, I think I, I think that's a great worthy. When I when I, really I have visitors it. that come here, and they drive down the streets of these towns like Monongahela, it's like, wow, you put all these people's picture and they're from World War Two, yeah. and that's their photo, and that's you knew their dad or you played with their grandson. Yeah. Said, yeah. You just look at the last names. When everything first went up in Monongahela, uh, we spent an afternoon and just yeah. went through and we found Bunny's path and we found and then we traced you, yeah. you just trace everything. It's back. a great thing for our grandkids. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the and the legacy of these individuals. Sure. Um, whether they spent two years or thirty-two years. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. You're absolutely right. And, and it's a, uh, you know, we, we have a history with the military here. You we know, do. In, in the entire Mon Valley. You know, during World War II, I believe, and I, I'd have to research this. I'm pulling it. I'm, I'm, I'm approximating. But, and Larry Maggi is the one who told me this. The Mon Valley sent more of our young men to battle to World War II per capita than any other oh, force in the country, any other region in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, Willing Pittsburgh Steel, the Allenport plant, was given, they were given presidential awards for production during the military war effort. Oh. They were, they, they, it was, I, and I wish I, I should have done my homework, I wish I would have had those, those numbers, but it's mind-boggling, it really is. When you think about who we are, I mean, this part of the world literally not only built this country, but defended this country. Yeah. You know, and this is all, this is a wonderful opportunity for us now to bring that history to our kids and to our grandkids, right? And again, this is a great just the, it's the basics. Just boil it down to the bottom line is we want to connect people in the community to walk around this coffee shop with something that has to do with veterans. Sure. And for your grandkids and my grandkids to realize in the course of their formation years, that our freedoms, the way of life that we have, whether you agree with it now, good, bad, right, or wrong, is because right. of these individuals. It was paid for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. For. What's the uh, What's the old adage? Freedom isn't free. Right. Yeah. Right. And every generation is going to have to kind of step up, and yeah. this has to be. You know, we talk about the leaders of tomorrow and that other program, that character does matter program. Right. But we talk about that. You know, it's you exactly may not have to lead. A, a SEAL platoon mm -hmm. or, or a SWAT team, but in your business, you know, the, the, the decisions you make as a business yes, as a businessman. Yes, sir. It's all, it's all tied together. It's all, it's all tied together. And, you know, young people, leadership is not something that's routinely taught in, no. in any university curriculum. No. Right? No. So when you come out of college, just any, any engineering curriculum, we'll use that. You're coming out of there at 22 years old. And you are going to be walking into a job where you're making a living. Your first day on a job, you're making more money than your yeah. father, your grandfather likely ever made, right? Yeah, exactly. But you have no idea what to do with that responsibility or how important right. and impressive that opportunity is, right? And that piece, that character building piece, is so glaringly absent yeah. from university curriculums, and not just in the engineering industry, but but from top to bottom. That is the benefit of the service academies because that's where the leaders of yeah. our country come from. Yeah. You know, and think about, you know, and I'm sure this is on your mind because think about where we're going, you know, as, as a global community. You know, just look at what's happening in Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. Totally unprovoked, these, they, they're invaded. I mean, they, you know, what, 
that there's no not, there's, that could happen to us. Right. 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 It, you know, nine eleven proves that we're not, exactly right. we're not, in, we're not, in, we're we're vulnerable. We're we have vulnerabilities. Yeah, we're very yeah. touchable. And we got spoiled because you know we we were untouchable. For yeah, a we long were. Time. We, you know, and, and we're the greatest show on earth. We have the most power. You know, I I I read a book, the most powerful mechanized army, the most of, of, in the history of Earth was Nazi Germany. Yeah. Up until that point, before America, the U.S. Yeah. got it, that was the greatest army ever assembled in the history of Earth, right? Yeah. And who's to say something like that couldn't be assembled again? That's, I mean, we, we, don't, we still don't, I don't think we take our military seriously. Well, this is another time, another place, but, you know, when you bring in the word China. Mm, right. We don't we need to go there now, but I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, how would, you know, with your, with your background, okay, yeah. you're, you're, put, your, put, your, put your stars back on for a minute. How would you possibly, from a strategic standpoint, engage in a conflict, a, a, a conventional war with China with several billion people? Now, David, you with a military, I mean, yeah. on, on that question, do you think I was listening to um, Joe Rogan had a guy on. You, you he, watch other podcasts? No. Bunny <laughs> okay. was, was telling me about well, it. Well, she and I are going to have to talk. You're going to, yes. She and I are going to have to talk. Um, this, he, he had a military guy on, and he said um, it's to think their guerrilla warfare will probably be absent, and it'll be drones and, and things of that nature. And do you think that that's the way that, if there is a next one, which in all likelihood there's going to be something, do you think that's how it goes? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily, I mean, to, to make a, a statement like, well, we're not going to still have to have boots on the ground, a foot soldier kicking in a door somewhere in an urban environment, I, I think we're, we're always going to have that. Now, the whole idea of the weapon systems, you're in the engineering world, so you know that the tech that, that we have now, just, oh. just in a few years. Right. I mean, I've been retired over 10 years now, but I, I look and see what our aviation systems are, our weapon systems, and, and the direction mm -hmm. that our military is moving. Um, you know, there, there's an acronym called DIME, D-I-M-E. There's diplomatic efforts, there's intelligence efforts, there's military efforts, and there's economic, you know, mm -hmm. so, so those four areas all come into play, and the military part ties in with all of them. Right. Okay, and so, sure. To, to say that it's going to be all, but, but the whole China question, and I'm certainly not, I mean, I'm, I'm just, like I joke, I've been hitting the head too many times in, in, in an old Marine. <laughs> but the fact is, though, um, it's going to be a different, a whole different set of yeah. rules of engagement and so on. When you start talking about um, this technology of unmanned, let's just say that the drones yeah, is sure. unmanned vehicles sure. and, and um I mean, they're landing aircraft on carriers now without pilots. Without pilots. You know, and... and I, uh, I mean, yeah. look at what Tesla's technology is trying to do right now. They are talking about entire roadways from coast to coast mm -hmm. in which you sit back and relax. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean... But, well, so, so the, all, this, all this tech that we have, and I always used to tell Marines that were, you know, I had the honor of, of commanding or leading... You know, at the end of the day, we could have the most advanced technology, and you're looking at it right here. But at the end of the day, there's still a Marine right. that's, that's either paying you, feeding you, supporting you in some way, um, 
and teaching you how to shoot, whatever it is, it's still people. I, I and, don't and, think you ever eliminate you're, the you're human You're not going to. I don't think you can eliminate that. that. Right. Um, but when you have the population that they have, when you have the money that they've spent in their military in the last generation, um, we need to take notice in what they're doing and so on. So that's again that that's ties into a whole other thing. But but I think your question is, I, I don't think you can actually say that it's it going to be. be it, it would be no, no, I don't think so. Interesting yeah. stuff. Interesting stuff. So in, in, in wrapping everything, this bringing this all back together, um, I want to touch real quick, and I'd be remiss if I didn't. Um, you know, one thing that we do here, and it's probably more important than, than just about anything, is high school football. Oh. And uh, you were... Uh, I'd like you to were, think high school hockey is at you least were, a close well, second. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> second. At least a yeah, close second. Yeah. But you were, uh, you were a pretty fair, pretty fair ball player. Um, you know, uh, we all conference a couple of times. Oh, geez. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's all relative. It's all relative. Okay. And, and I mean that in a good way. Um, you know, I went to a Catholic high school where all these feeder grade schools from the valleys where these towns would have two and three Catholic schools. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and again, I was at the very early, I, I think, Monog it was still Monongahela High School, but Ringo was right. just, the name was just coming in. So... And I played baseball in the community, you know, Harry Sickles and Pony League. Sure, yeah. Holy. So I was, around these, I was yeah. around these athletes um, growing up. So all of a sudden now my parents want me to go to this Catholic high school. Well, there were kids that I had kind of grown up with, like the Velikis in Donora. Mm -hmm. Sure. And Caruso's in Charleroi and, yep. and so on and so forth. And, and um, so a lot of them were going to Mont Valley, and then, um, but they didn't have the sports program that Denora, Mont right. City, Shalroy had. Right, right. We didn't even have a baseball team, so that kind of forced me to stay into the Colt League yeah. community type, whatever. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. But we had a football coach only for a year or two at Mont Valley. His name was Jack Bischofsky. And this guy came, he was a Marine. He came from a little school in Tennessee, Austin Pay. Yep. No. Nope, and well. he he rolled into this Catholic high school, and he just took it by storm. In fact, if he'd have done some of the things today that he did <laughs> back then, you know, who knows what, where the outcome would be? But he just started. And John Hogan, it 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 from Shalroy was sure. the quarterback. Uh huh. Um, Kickla, that name, and from you know yes. the, the, the whole Eddie Kickla baseball thing. But he right. had younger brothers that were great athletes at Mont Valley. Really, Den, you know, De Marino, the base basketball player from yes. Denora. So they were good, good athletes. Oh yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. I just kind of come along, and and um, and we had a couple good good years with um, Tom Donahue was my the, the Steeler guy was sure was my coach my senior year. Um, so, but Mon Valley had hired a bunch of coaches, the Richard Peppies of the world and mm -hmm. Phil Pergolas. These guys kind of just really were fresh out of college a year or two, yeah. and they came to this private school. So to say that we had a good sports program, I think it was a good, and, and there were good athletes. You know, the right. Hogan's and Dean Marino's were cut right. above everybody. But um, when we would go play, Al Valicki and I talk about this all the time. We're in ninth grade. We go to play North Catholic at North Park. And we're, we're like 20 kids, 25 kids or whatever. We look across the, the, the football field. North 
Catholic gets off, and this is when they were all boys school. They must have 60, 70 kids on a ninth grade freshman team. <laughs> right. freshman team. You know, yeah. and, and Canavan, Tom Clements, and mm. all these oh, good, yeah. good guys, you know, South, Central. That's the world we were in until my senior year. Then the Bishop Boyles and the Sarah Catholics, mm. Greensburg Central, Geibel, they kind of started to figure out that, hey, you know, we've got to do something with these private schools. Right. So all that to say, I, I would, cons you know, looking back, just a good, solid kid that worked hard. I, I always tell people, I just worked harder than anybody no, else. That's exactly right. It, it, I just worked harder, lifted, ran more. Back in the day, Ravaggio and I would hitchhike to Mon Valley. When they, I, I'll never forget, we're in ninth or 10th grade, and what comes into the building is a universal gym. Remember the universal gym? I remember, gyms? remember. Yes, I do. Had all these pipes and, and whatever, and you're like, okay, you look at that Those thing like. shiny blue pads on it. Yeah, God, I'm yeah. going to get hurt with this thing. Yeah. And, um, and we would be out in the, in the parking lot because our football field was just stones and rocks. You know, we would look oh, over at Shallowry's new high school and say, oh, man, if we just had a I field like that. Field. You know, yeah. so we'd be out running sprints in the parking lot because the band director lined off every 10 yards for the band to practice. I mean, we did crazy, but I did things, yeah. you, you know, that, that, and, and I think that kind of stood me well when I went to Navy. As you say, did, did, do you feel that contributed to your- Oh, there's no doubt. The character piece, There's no doubt. I mean, the character when piece, I that's went, where that comes from. Yeah, when I went to the prep school, I thought, oh my God, everybody here's pretty good. Right. Everybody here's recruited. It's like, oh man. Then I went to Navy as, as a freshman, and they still had plebe teams in. So then in 1972 was the first year that freshmen were eligible to be on the varsity. NCAA changed the rules. Okay. So there were like six of us that were kind of pulled aside and really were on the JV team. But we didn't play with the, with the, with the freshmen. Well, that year just gave me, I mean, I was a, a you know, holding a dummy and just, you know, the, the scout team type thing. Right. But that gave me the maturity to get in the weight room, sure. to gain all the weight that I was maturing with, to s watch the extra film. Back then it was films, you know, mm -hmm. not videos and stuff. Real films. Real films. Real films. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do Ain't all no those man. kinds of things. And I just saw people that were all state from 3,000 kids' schools, 4,000 kids' schools, just kind of fall by the wayside. That's dimension-wise. Right. As a junior and senior, you were six? Six, three, maybe 190 pounds. I, and, I could... And, I, and, I couldn't gain a pound. Yeah. I couldn't buy yeah. a pound of weight back then. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I remember the coach, I, and I did sign it to go to Arizona State. That's where I was going to okay. go. There was a okay. guy, there was a coach out there named Frank Cush. Yes. And Legendary he was, coach. He, he recruited Pennsylvania and Ohio for all of the he linebackers and linemen. He recruited Pennsylvania a lot. Yes. A lot. There were a lot of Shawnee so kids made their way out there. I go out there, sign, and then Joe Bugle comes and says, mm -hmm. okay, this is the deal for Navy. Not going to cost you a dime. Comes into my my living room, and my mother and dad just fell in love with this guy. And this is, that's where you're That's going. where you're going. <laughs> that's it. So, the, but the point, though, is, is that um, that whole maturing 19, 20 years old, that extra year of prep school, you know, it was all about academics and the year of football. I mean, we played Maryland freshman, Penn freshman, and, and uh, but I was in the weight room a couple hours, three hours a day, you know, because every day you can't beat that. At, at, these, at these programs, every day at 3 o'clock, you have to participate in something, whether it's intramural, club, or a varsity sport. Right. You know, you're not out doing just, you know, whatever. You are focused because you're their doing. whole mission is mental, physical, 
and moral development. Mm -hmm. So the physical development happens three to six every day. So I'm in the weight room, so I'm starting to mature, and my dad's six foot four, so I knew I had the frame. I just needed to figure yeah. out the nutrition. How to, how to how, pack how to it on, it. how to pull it, yeah, how to but build then, it. But then all of a sudden, I go from 200 pounds to 260 pounds, and I had a, like a 34-inch waist. There so the whole idea of my upper body strength as a defensive lineman in those prep freshman year and sophomore year was so then my sophomore year, we have a coaching change at Navy. A new guy comes in, George Welsh, he literally mm -hmm. fires all the upper class. He just said, you guys hardly won a game the last couple of years. In the Vietnam War, kind of, yeah. this is the post-Stahlbeck. Yeah. And he gives all of us young sophomores a chance out of the starting 11, and we had the number three defense in the country when I was a senior. Really? Out, out of the starting 11, nine of us started as sophomores. Wow. Of the 11. Wow. I mean, so we open up with Capaletti in Annapolis <laughs> at Penn State, because we played them every year. Sure. And then, and, then, and then we beat Penn State when I was a junior in a driving rainstorm, seven to six at State College. We come in, we're the only team my senior year to hold Dorset to under 100 yards. We beat them 17 nothing at Pitt Stadium. So we had a great defense, a consensus yeah. All-American, Chet Moeller, who he yeah, and I talked yeah. once a week. Um, so we had a program. That's amazing. That really. There were too many people walking around that, know, that, that, that. that started, you know, and, and, and I look back now, and it was because of some of those early um, days of, of just, okay, in the weight room. Yeah you know, just running, doing what we had to do, the films and all that. Um, and, and that's where you talk about, you know, the athlete, are they willing to pay the price? Well, the mm -hmm. price is different today than it was it's in 1972. Price the price is okay, different. granted. But, you know, I have, I had, you know, and it wasn't, we had, we had, he's my best friend, we had a consensus All-American in Chet Moeller, defensive back. And back in the days of sports information and so on and so forth, a little bit different than it is today. Yeah. yeah. But we, we all had, we had a couple all East guys, you know, and, and, um, and, and I was fortunate to be one of them. We had Chet Moeller, we had the number three defense in the country. I mean, we had a good team. Right. And we all went on to a couple admirals in that group. You know, wow. th 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 a lot of senior officers came out of those nine defensive guys yeah. of the starting 11. Wow. And, and when I think back about that, everybody's got their, their, their time, so to speak. Sure. To me, that was, um, and then my family, my dad owned Clearview Tavern then in Monongahela. They would come down and I had a big family at a, at a cousin that, um, that was an all-state quarterback at Monongahela in the late 40s. In fact, they lost Aliquippa in the WPIL and went on to Florida State. Well, he was a head coach in Maryland at the time. And that was? Chuck Brown. His name was Charlie okay. Brown. Okay. 1949, sure. 1948. Um, and anyway, all that to say, I had a kind of a, a big family following. So it was a great ride. That was awesome. And I, I think about that all the time. And, and I'm still part of that whole Navy football thing. That's, that's great. And, and yeah. I love Navy's coach now. Yeah, uh, he, he's, yeah. That's Numa Talola, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, yeah. they, they are so blessed to have that guy to coach him, right? But that, yep. that place is in yeah. his blood. Just the way he talks yeah. about it, yep. you can tell. It's in his heart. David yeah. mentioned his father, and his father was my neighbor before David was my neighbor. And literally, different guy. Different type of guy. No filter, different type of guy. <laughs> but I will say this, and I don't know if you're aware of this. I imagine you are. But when he says the family was... Just a fan base in itself. Uh -huh. Every day that I was outside and Laddie, David's father, and Laddie would come over, 
I would have to endure pleasantly. Yeah. At least fifteen, if not thirty <laughs> minutes, of David. When he moved in, I almost wanted you to knew say, him "Hey, already. remember when you did this?" And remember because Good Laddie already. would go over and over. I mean, it was really. That's he was awesome. So proud. He was so. That proud. is awesome. It was. It and was, rightfully so. Oh. But I say this. So. I say this in a very respectful way. He was from a generation that, um, and again, if he was sitting right here, I'd tell him. He was. He was reluctant to pat you on the back in front of you. Yes. He was reluctant to... I knew those guys. I mean, there were times... I mean, I got my wings, naval aviation wings, and, it, and, and it's like he, he just didn't... He didn't understand the whole yeah. world I was in. Right. And, and, um, but he would... I can remember as a kid at the, in baseball, you know, Joe Montana's dad... Denny Simons, that all these guys are all there, part of their sons. My dad would come from the Norm Mill, he'd park his truck, and then he'd give me a little bit of feedback on the way from the mounds to where I live, which is like a mile. Yeah. And it'd be like, I hit two home runs, I, two double plays, and that's all you could give me <laughs> yes, is that. David and I. You know, it's like, you know, it, it, uh, it, one time my wife said to my dad, and God bless him, he, he died a few years ago, almost at 101, and he said, have you ever told David you love him? Like that? In my distance. He knows it. If it he, knows, he, knows, <laughs> he knows it. He knows it. He knows it. David and I had a conversation the other day. You yeah, said you I, were, I get it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know those guys. You were working in uh, the Pentagon. Yeah. And Laddie would show up to see him. He's working in the Pentagon. Yeah. <laughs> and Laddie up. would show up to see him and say, what do you do here? What do you yeah, what do you do here? Say, what do you do? I worked for a three-star general one time, at Marine General, a good friend, mentor of mine, and he said, uh, and, and I, I just got promoted and, and, uh, to, to Brigadier General, and, and he said, well, Maybe one of these days he'll get a real job. <laughs> That's what we We're in the middle of Iraq, and it's like he had no clue. And yeah. I know yeah, Matty you know. right now is watching right now. Yeah. And every time he goes outside and has to mend a cow fence or cow uh -huh. that's yeah. when Laddie's the most happy. If, you, most didn't, if yeah. you didn't have dirt in your fingernails or if you didn't dig a sure. ditch, that's I mean, exactly that's the generation right. he grew up that's in. That's who I, yeah, I know those and, guys. And, I know, uh, I, I could tell you, I could picture your dad. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, they, they were cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Right? Well, anyway, listen, we, uh, we, yeah. we this Probably has been a way great overboard. conversation. Way, way long. Oh, no, no, we could, Nick and Ed, uh, good, good conversation. Said, we have, yeah. we have a good time. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Jack, absolutely. Thank Thanks you so for much. having me. Once again, check out July 3rd at the Aquatorium, Warriors Rock, if you're in town. Uh, if you're interested in getting a sponsorship or anything like that, www.warriorsrock.org. So, David, thank you. Enjoy you're welcome. The rest of your day. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so much. All right.